Spring is here and winter is done. Well, sort of. I'm still side-eyeing you, Windchill. Regardless, we are saying goodbye this month to all the cold weather and turning our faces toward the sunshine that spring is about to bring. And what better way to celebrate the start of spring than by our favorite annual tradition? That's right, spring cleaning. I'm your host for Mediavine On Air, Jenny Guy. And let's be honest, y'all, we need a refresh. Whether it's our office space or living room, kitchen, or that old storage closet stuffed with suitcases and skis, it's important we take a look at everything we've been holding onto, evaluate, and cut back, just, you know, in order to stay productive and organized. And as a blogger, your website is no different. On today's episode, we have Mediavine Senior Support Engineer Manager Jacob Feltner and Once Coupled's Lauren Gray. Jacob and Lauren are talking spring cleaning for your site because... It's past time for a plug-in audit. This episode is packed with actionable tips and real-world examples to get you started implementing today. If you learned something at today's episode, make sure to let us know and tell your friends about what stood out to you. Without any further ado, here are the wonderful Jacob and Lauren. You're listening to Media Vine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management, If it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your on-air host, Mediavine's Jenny Guy. Welcome. It is Thursday, March 12th. It is a little bit crazy in our world right now, but we are here. I am Jenny Guy. I'm the director of marketing for Mediavine and the host of Teal Talk. And I'm very grateful that you are joining us today. In current events, uh, daylight savings time started for most of the U.S. states over the weekend, which coincided with International Women's Day and resulted in more confusion and deprivation for females. Perfect. And then in other news, spring starts officially one week from today. The season of rebirth and fresh starts and green grass. And I think that that is something we could all do with right now in our lives. Uh, I know that on everybody's minds and thoughts right now is what's going on in, um, in our world and in our country. But what I'm excited about is we can have a whole hour to just sit in our home pods and talk about our websites and not the big elephant in the room, the the virus elephant in the room. I'm so excited. So as I was saying, spring, rebirth, green grass, fresh starts, uh, which means it's time for spring cleaning, which could be your closet, your pantry, pockets of your winter coats, unless you are me and you love the dollar pocket lottery to happen when the next year, you know, when you put on your coat that you haven't worn in like eight months and you stick your hand in the pocket and you're like, five dollars. It's, it's, it gets me every time. But what we're talking about today, us being Mediavine, is your website. Have any of you guys ever done this? A deep and thorough cleansing to get rid of the things you don't need anymore that are just taking up space and weighing and slowing you down. It sounds like a great idea, but how do you make this happen? Enter my amazing guests. Uh, Lauren Gray is the founder of Once Coupled and believes in doing everything with passion and transparency, which mostly means she sends really long emails riddled with exclamation points. Girl, saying. She's worked with over 500 plus bloggers on projects from reducing above the fold white space to taking a site from a zero page speed optimization score to green. When she's not making your site faster and easier for you to manage, Lauren enjoys crime TV, mojitos, and long walks on the beach with our dog. Hi, Lauren. Welcome back to Teal Talk. It's been a while. It has been. I think we did a spring talk like this last year. I was about to introduce our amazing intrepid Jacob Feltner, who is our support engineering manager at Mediavine. He is also a husband and a dog dad. So I'm glad I, I just got all the comments and I'm reading all the things. We're so glad you're here. Okay, let's talk about let's let's dispense with the formalities. We're gonna be doing some fun stuff here where we ask a good um, audience interactive question. So the one we're gonna start with is just a pretty simple one, which is how is your site speed right now? Post your late your last mobile score in uh, GPSI in the comments, if you dare. And, <laughs> and then any other questions you have for Jacob or Lauren, please feel free to post in the comments. Um, we will be talking about all the things. So to start out with, let's kick off with telling me a little bit about yourselves and why I've asked you, why you think I've asked you to share your expertise on this particular episode of Tail Talk, other, Teal Talk, other than the fact that you're lovely humans, I love hanging out with you and spending time with you. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm Lauren with Once Coupled, as my bio originally um, introduced me. I just love working one-on-one with clients personally. I really like getting to build relationships with my clients. I'm personally very intrigued by like complex problems. So I love bigger projects where we get to solve stuff. And a big part of that has been site speed. And I'm personally a perfectionist. So as high as we can get your scores with as much compromise on functionality as possible, um, really what drives me and um, I don't know, kind of what I like to do in my day to day. I've got a team of another three to four developers, depending on the projects um, that work with me. And they expert- their expertise is either in custom themes or in site speed. And we've done a ton of site speed projects. I mean, all of my custom themes focus on that. But Eric, a couple of years was like, a couple of years ago was like, site speed's gonna be big, get into site speed now. And when Eric tells you to do something, you better do it. So <laughs> we started doing site speed and it did become a big trend. And I'm so excited. There's like so many other, it, there because it became such a big trend, so many solutions have been put out to help everyone do better with their site speed. So we've done a lot of audits and a lot of work with clients. And we love to see that clients have come and not even just clients, but food blogs in general have come so far. There's so many things there, but it's so wonderful to hear that people outside of those that he is paying are do the thing that we do, which is what Eric said, something we do it. Yep. Uh, it's good to know. Good to know. Uh, we, uh, we, yes, I don't live in a world. I've never lived in a world where the speed was not a thing. Um, it, it's just is the need for speed. Hawkburger lives that life. Okay. Jacob, same to you. Tell me what you do on it on the daily and um, why I invited you to be here other than your delightful beard. Yeah, I uh, joined Mediavine uh, just under two years ago, and I came with a background in web development uh, for a couple of years, and that was my initial kind of professional goal in life. But, you know, I've always loved helping people. I've had a job since I was about 15, and the vast majority of those jobs were about helping people in some way, shape, or form, you know, directly connecting with people and helping them out. And it's always something that I've enjoyed, that I've had a passion for, and you know, this uh, opportunity came my way. And, you know, with the time that I've been with the company, I've become pretty, pretty familiar with not only our technologies, our plugins, our script, all the fun tech. I've also seen how it interacts with the myriad of possibilities, whether it be, you know, other plugins, other themes, just every situation imaginable, how it interacts, how it can affect site speed, how it can affect ad performance, you know, all those uh, fun things. And typically when it comes to people thinking, you know, oh, my site speed's gone down because I've done this, usually ends up in my lap or my department's lap. And same if, you know, something changes and the ads go bad or it's not performing as well. So get to uh, troubleshoot the, the wild west of the world wide web. Wow. Yeah. That is an that awesome tagline. Yeah. Holy cannoli that you're flowing. I'm not going to stop you and marketing team, brand team, be writing this stuff down. We're getting gold. <laughs> uh, okay. So we have, we got some brave folks who are sharing their site speed scores with us. We have, let's see, we have Andrew Eaton said uh, 44 mobile, 94 desktop. Janice Luke Smith said 64 on mobile, 97 on desktop and Mary Elizabeth I think it's Wojta, said 63 on mobile and 92 on desktop. And then just for another comment that caused both Lauren and I to smile while you were talking, I think that's what she was smiling at. Uh, Yuri No said, who is this delightfully bearded man? I need his digits. So you've already got people watching that are asking for your phone number. So (laughs) She said she was going to do that. Should we tell them who she is or just let everyone know that you're the stud that you are? Oh, it's my lovely wife. All right. I was was going to let it ride with just the fans asking for your digits because that's... No. Well, nobody needs my phone number. I have it, but I work. Oh, well, okay. So, okay. Thea Osborne said 5693, and she has a sad face with that one. Okay. So, what? let's talk a little bit about what are the, some of the most common site speed issues that you're coming across, Lauren, and how can we fix them? Uh, we'll start with Lauren, and then Jacob will kind of take that from a, an ad perspective. But let's start with speed. Mm-hmm. What are some of those most common things we're seeing? 
I mean, the biggest thing that we always see is images. There's always more that can be done with images. Like at the at the simplest form, you can turn on lazy loading for images and that can make a big impact on your speed scores um, and how quickly your site can load initially. It's kind of like a putting a blanket over a problem <laughs> um, because if you're not actually optimizing your images, like you're just kind of ignoring it and it looks a little better and things are feeling better, but um, there's always more that can be done with your images. So ShortPixel is a good optimization tool. There's a whole bunch of them. ShortPixel is just the one that you know I used I did a bunch of tests with a few years ago, who knows if it's still the best you know, now, but it's the one that I typically refer to. But ShortPixel can compress your images if you're inserting really large images and you can insert smaller ones. So, so size does matter, do period, definitively. Size yes. matters and size ma it smaller is better and you heard it here. So that's just the way it is. So we had a question, but then I wanna go to, um, oh, we're getting a ton of questions, okay. Wichter says, hi, what's more important or better score at PageSpeed Insights or the actual speed of site measured with Pingdom? So for example, I get a score on PageSpeed Insights I can see by eye or by measuring that website is actually slower. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about where is the, I, I'm, from what I'm gathering, Wichter, is that you, you're you asking where is the best place to measure page speed? And we actually have a question about that, but Jacob, tell them where we like to measure page speed, please. Well, it's primarily Google PageSpeed Insights. Um, the The best thing about that is it's basically hitting two of the most important groups of people that can impact your website, which are the readers and Google themselves. These are the metrics that Google likes that they want people to judge against. Uh, so you always want to make Google happy, but it's also a way of kind of better replicating the user experience because a lot of other site speed tools, they kind of wait for you know, literally everything to load, including the ads, which can kind of skew the scores a little bit to make it seem, you know, drastically worse than what it is because all of our ads are lazy loaded. So when a user experiences it, when they go to the site, you know, they're seeing it as they see it, as they scroll, as it comes into view. Uh, whereas some other site speed tools, they don't view it the same way. So overall, start with GPSI. You'll be in good shape. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Like no user cares what's loading on the bottom of your site when they, when they're visiting your site, I'm not scrolling to the bottom being like, slow, I'm not like this site. That's not something I do. I don't check the bottom of a website when I'm trying to get something to load on my phone. So it's measuring what a user actually does. Lauren, do you have any thoughts to add to that on Pingdom or anything? Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because a lot of those other tools will take into account those ads like Jacob was saying. So like there can be variation based on how optimized an ad campaign that's being tested is. So you'll see larger amount of variations. We get a lot of questions from clients that are asking why um, Search Console or Google Analytics is telling them that a site, that a page on their site is suddenly loading much slower. And like, I, I can't tell you why because I'm not testing it with ads. So if you haven't done anything different on that site, it's probably not that the page is loading any different. It's probably that a different ad is being tested and we don't really see the impact of those ads because we're using PageSpeed Insights and it doesn't use those, it doesn't like analyze those. And also because of the changes that have been made to ads to make them more user-friendly. Um, but I know beforehand, before Google PageSpeed Insights changed like six times and got updates every month to make our lives harder. My um, house. Yeah. I used to like email Mediavine regularly because I would see like an unoptimized campaign. It would be crazy pulling scores down. And I think that like those could be factors. And I know Mediavine is always working if they see those campaigns to reach out and, you know, ask them to optimize this. Don't try and upload a giant image, um, et cetera. But, you know, that's a factor too. It's like you'll see those warnings, but you can't just take them at face value. You've got to be monitoring those scores on your own looking at your site. And one other thing I wanted to mention based on this question was kind of, they were asking if they should be looking at their own site and kind of seeing how it feels to them. And I think that that's a little difficult because throughout the world and throughout the different internet connections and whatnot, like if you're looking at your site at a really good, if you have a good internet connection, you're looking at your site, it's going to load really quickly, but you've got to consider people that are on mobile devices and things like that. And as much as possible, optimize for those connections that they don't have the same resources. 
Um, and that's part of what PageSpeed Insights does too, is they have throttled connections. So they'll tell you your site is slower than you're seeing it because they're throttling that connection to something that they find to be more of an average user. Right. That's a lot like designing your site or create writing content based on a desktop when most of your readers are doing it on mobile. You've got to think about what the experience that your reader is having as opposed to the experience that you're having when you're sitting at your laptop or desktop doing the, the creating. Jacob, you mentioned lazy loading, and I know that we have 800,000 blog posts, help docs, various things about it, but I think that it's possible that there are some of our audience who do not know what you're talking about and why it matters. And I think that there are also some people who think that that is the norm, that all ad companies use lazy loading for their ads. And so why does it matter? What does it mean? Why is it good to be lazy? Well, it's great to be lazy. Um, <laughs> but it's primarily, you know, it's the whole idea of, you know, if you just let everything on a site load at once, it's going to take much, much longer than it needs to. And it, all, all of that content, you know, people are going to be seeing a fraction of your website at any given time. So you might as well just be giving it to them piece by piece. You don't need to do that with a lot of other things, you know, like text and stuff like that. But with images and especially with ads, you know, since ads can be relatively heavy compared to everything else, you know, you only want to deal with it when it's necessary, when it's within view, when it needs to be on the eyeballs of people. And so it's crucial, it's absolutely crucial because, you know, you have a nice, beautiful website with amazing content and things are coming in to intrude on your space and give you money. And we want them to be as friendly as possible. Um, we, we don't want there to be a true give and take. Um, you shouldn't have to sacrifice, you know, user experience just to make a little bit of money. So. Doing lazy loading is just getting closer to the world where you can have your cake and eat it too. It makes the most sense. It's, you know, the modern kind of approach to web. It's kind of crazy to not have ads that are lazy loaded. It just makes all the sense in the world and it's best for everyone involved. And I know that when you are, so the story of Mediavine and why we have lazy loaded ads when we were the pioneers in that technology for advertising. And the reason why we did it was because we built, when we designed the ads, when Eric designed ads, he built them for our own sites. Meaning he knew that if he put on ads that tanked page speed and killed user experience, we would lose all the traffic that we were attempting to monetize. So there would be no purpose. There would be playing the short game was never for us because we were putting it on our own sites. So we would, we're eating our own dog food, that disgusting developer term that Eric says every time he comes on no. to talk about a new plugin. He's like, we have to eat our own dog food. I'm like, don't, I don't need you to no. say that. We need to, that's not. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's why. It's because we knew that playing a short game and making our viewers say, I don't want to be here anymore, there's no point. Okay, we had a... Uh, ben Heath said, Skloosh apps, uh, SQ... U O O S H dot app. Have you guys heard? He said it's from Google Chrome developers. He said it's awesome. It sounds like for images, I'm guessing. I haven't I'm, personally heard of that. Haven't heard of I it. I don't know. If it integrates with WordPress, then I'm generally a fan as long as you can easily revert your images. So ideally, I recommend clients take the extra time. It's not even time, it's really just a little bit of money to save their original size images on their site, um, on their server, so they can always revert if they want. Um, that way, if they ever decide they need a higher quality or a larger size in the future, then they can always like revert those images and recompress for whatever reason. Um, generally, if you're if you're like compressing images beforehand and then uploading them to WordPress, like it's generating thumbnails from those and they're okay. Um, I like ShortPixel or plugins that integrate with WordPress because once those thumbnails are generated, it'll also attempt to compress those. So like those images are auto created by WordPress. WordPress mm -hmm. kind of sort of limits image quality to reduce file size. Um, but you can save, you know, you can get a better file size if you also have an app that's compressing the thumbnails that are generated from the original that you've uploaded. And most sites have 10 or more thumbnails that are being generated by their theme or plugins or whatnot. Fantastic. Right. Okay. That no, that's really helpful. Uh, ben, he says it's for optimizing images, but there is no plugin for WordPress currently. Yeah. Uh, we have a question from Luke Ward, who is asking if ZergNet ads are lazy loaded too. Jacob, that is a good question. I honestly don't know. Uh, ZergNet, 
is a pretty rare thing that comes across us. I know someone asked about it not too long ago, so I can probably just do a quick search, but honestly, I don't know. Um, well, Eric is lurking. Is. He might know. Ooh. He's he's commenting in the comments, and he thinks your your new project. He is always lurking. I can mm -hmm. feel him like a presence in the ether. He said you need to coin a new term for eating your own dog food. So that is your new assignment. Um, All right. And then Fair if you enough. coin it and come up with something as good as the last one you just said, the Wild West on the World Wide Web, um, then we can ingrain it into him, and I don't have to hear that again. So please get on that. Thank you. Fair enough. Yes. Uh, okay, so we kind of started to go down this trail a little bit, but when we're talking about testing for PageSpeed, we talked about why we should use Google PageSpeed Insights as a starting point to test. What are what what exactly are we testing when we're when we're going to get a good overall thermometer, take the temperature of our site, and figure out how site speed is? What are we testing? What exactly, uh, Lauren? Will you start with that, please? Um, I don't know what you're asking. Like, what do you well, mean, what are we testing? We're testing so, your site speed. <laughs> so I think that a lot of people, uh, what I'm trying to give to get you to Jacob, do you know what I'm trying to get her to say? Yeah, I mean, it's basically, you know, it's, it's measuring, I think I know what you're saying, it's measuring pretty much every kind of user experience. It's not just taking desktop into account, it's taking mobile into account, it's testing different kind of experiences, whether it be with throttled speed or not. Is that what you're getting at? Partially, but I'm also just getting Partially. at you can't just test your home page for your page speed. You yeah. need to go right. into your popular yeah. post. Like a lot of times we'll have people that are like, yeah. my speed is rocking, it's banging, lightning fast. You're like, it's your home page and no one is there. So you need to check check your most I think checking your like most popular posts would probably be smart. That's what I would say, but I I'll leave it to the experts. Yeah. It it definitely makes a lot of sense. I mean Usually, a lot of people's home pages are going to be fancier than their blog posts. It's probably going to be a little more intensive. They might have things on there that they don't have anywhere else. Larger image sizes, who knows? Um, maybe some fancy animation and, and whatnot. But you know, if you're getting a lot of traffic to your home page, you know, take it into consideration. Um, but really, I think you know, simplifying your site overall, even the home page, is worth doing. People, you you you're making great content. That's why people are coming to your site. That's why they typically stay on your site, um, not because you have a, a fancy slider on your homepage, because that'll just kill speed. They're but, not just yeah. there for my slider. I know, what? right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely focus. You know, if if you don't know where to start in terms of like which exact spot on my site do I test, start with your most popular post and just kind of build out from there. So you yeah. were saying simplify. I think that would be a really great uh, quote from Eric Hochberger. Zergnet is not lazy loaded, according to him. So that's okay. there. You have the answer. Um, so what? When you say getting started, I know we talked about images. Would be is there any other place to get our teeth into on our sites to start, Jacob? Where you would recommend starting with PageSpeed? Yeah, I mean it's you know it's a big thing. That's why we're. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's why we're talking about it. But um, I think another thing, especially as it relates to our ads, is probably asset optimization, uh, script deferment, CSS deferment, stuff like that, which is basically just a fancy way of saying shrinking the size of the scripts that are loading on your site or basically telling them, you know, let your page load before the script has had time to fully load. You know, you don't want anything blocking your script or your site from actually loading. You don't want to wait on a specific script to load, because sometimes that can just completely destroy um, a user experience, you know, because all they see is a blank screen. But if you look in the the network tab of DevTools, I'm using fancy words right now, but you'll see something is just taking forever to load. And that's just because it has, isn't being deferred. Uh, but the big thing to keep in mind with that is while it is important, the, the asset optimization, the minification, the shrinking of these scripts will and often does impact whether it be, it could potentially affect our ad script, it could affect grow or create, it could alter it in some way. So while you do wanna do that, you know, like with anything that's pretty powerful and it's gonna make your site quicker and it's going to affect other things functionality and you have no kind of insight into it, you know, just tread softly, you know, turn it on, test all the functionality on your site, make sure ads are loading properly. Make sure your create card looks good. Make sure your 
you know, opt-in forms are behaving properly because you just never know what's going to happen when everything is kind of smashed together and shrunk. And you you want a plugin that gives you leeway, that gives you access to say, okay, don't touch Mediavine stuff or don't touch jQuery because a lot of things are dependent on jQuery. And if it doesn't load in a certain way, it'll cause things to go hooey. You know, anytime you get into that world, don't be afraid of it. You know, just be logical about it. Be kind of clinical about it step by step. If something doesn't go right, you know, there are ways to make it better if you have a good plugin, you know, by excluding it from being optimized and you still get the benefit of shrinking everything else. Um, it's just a lot of plugins are really good about telling you that up front. You know, if you turn this on, this could break something, you know, tread softly, but they're not always that nice. Uh, speaking of plugins, let's segue. Uh, actually, no, I wanted to grab one more quick question from our audience. Okay, Amelia Meyer says, question for you. My team is pumping out awesome content. Good to know. We are using Pinterest and SEO best practices. My site speed is fast. My question is, my blog is eight years old. I deleted hundreds and I'm slowly going through the rest of them, but what do I focus on as far as updating them? Tags, photos, length? Could old content still be, quote, weighing down my site? And as I am making these changes, how long do I wait before I should see a big difference a couple of months a year i would say that old like delete are we talking about deleting old posts i believe that's what she's referring to she's saying she's got an eight-year-old blog um she and has deleted, deleted some old posts and we actually had a yeah. question about that uh, further down because it's a yeah. hot topic always when people have been blogging for a long time and had a lot of content they may not be as posts. proud of in the past right yeah um so so what do we i mean the dark photos of the food that you took, you don't know, you know, it's okay. We all have things that we're like, I look at some of my middle school ensemble choices and I'm appalled. So do you, do you Lauren? Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, deleting posts is your site speed is going to be like independent on every individual page. So like every page has its own speed. And if we're saying that Google is considering that page speed, it's only considering it per that page. So if you're deleting old posts, then that's not going to hurt or improve the page speed of other pages on your site. Like removing old content in terms of updating old posts and inserting smaller like resized images or basically like deleting old embeds that might be in there that you don't really need anymore. Like a lot of people used to embed the Pinterest widget for their like to follow them and like that'd be in all their old posts. Well, if you don't need that and you go back and re you remove it, that'd be great. Um, but I don't think deleting old posts is really going to be helpful. Um, and there are some cases where like cleaning up your database, like getting a smaller database would be helpful. Um, but usually deleting old posts is not going to be the impactful way to do that. Um, like just removing some posts isn't going to make a huge difference. Um, like we're, my team is literally working on a database with one client. We've gotten her down from eight gigabytes to 3.5. And it's mm -hmm. not because we're deleting old posts. It's because like there's plugins that are being used. Um, like Thrive Leads was huge because it records like every action that people, every time something pops up on your site, whether people do or don't opt into it to generate statistics for you. And as far as we could tell, there was no way to turn that off. So like we dropped that table and deleted that plugin. There was one other, oh, she was running contests through Gravity Forms. So she had like, if she had 10 contests running at a time and they each had seven, 70,000 entries in them, there were a ton of rows in her database related to that. Like old plugins, stuff like that, that were really increasing the size of her database. So on older sites, we're more likely to see something where either plugins you're not using anymore or just like plugins that are adding a lot of data you probably don't need could be increasing your database size. But I wouldn't say that deleting old posts is gonna be impactful for speed. Very helpful. Jacob, do you have anything to add to that? No, no, that, that really well covered it. It's, you know, kind of adjacent to, you know, uh, making sure your database isn't bloated or, or out of control, but really the posts in and of themselves, uh, removing them probably won't do too much, but it could, you know, leave a trail of breadcrumbs to something you should be removing. Fantastic. Okay. A question from, I, I don't, this may be a comment. I don't know if anyone, either one of you has anything to say. Andrew said, when I click defer render blocking JavaScript in SG optimizer, it breaks the ability to leave a star review on WP recipe maker. I mean, that's definitely possible. You know, it deferring, you know, it 
there's just, there's sometimes it works great. Sometimes it doesn't. So really, as long as SG optimizer has a way of excluding individual scripts, there is likely a way to resolve that conflict. And I don't know exactly that... where the conflict is, but you know, it, there's an avenue yeah. of fixing it. It's not unfixable. Maybe. I mean, I haven't seen it with a lot of other plugins, that same, mm -hmm. that same issue. So I'd say, well, I don't want to get too technical, but there's probably something in the configuration, like Jacob's saying, that could be adjusted or that that plugin isn't taking into account um, that another plugin might. So like if it's yeah. deferring jQuery, but not deferring the WP Recipe Maker script, Mm -hmm. then that you know I, yeah that was the technical stuff i was trying to avoid i apologize <laughs> no it's good it's helpful and and we're having questions on it so you guys can you guys are rock stars and know those answers so it's very helpful to have okay so audience participation question number two true or false it is bad to have a lot of plugins true or false it is bad to have a lot of plugins there is no wrong answer except there is a wrong answer <laughs> and you will be judged for it. Um, so we're going to talk about plugins now because when we talk about spring cleaning and removing weighty things on our site, Amelia, who was asking the question a moment ago about deleting old posts, said she went from a hobby blog to a business and deleted a lot of old, old stuff that was not relevant. Understandable. Uh, I will say that I'm going to guess that they probably weren't prominent those the old posts weren't prominently displayed on your homepage or easy for people to find so if they are still getting traffic they're probably not hurting anything other than your own personal aesthetic knowing that they exist and are ruining your flow or your feng shui on your site but i do understand that okay question on plugins so are there some that are just consistently causing problems in your guys's world when you when you look at a site and you see a problem are there some that are just consistently like oh that is always a thing jacob we'll start with you because you you get to deal with these things a lot sure uh i mean it's it's a it's a big question but i think anything that is basically running services in the background uh that you have no kind of direct input over like something that is just constantly running and checking and running a lot of database queries saving a lot of database records, you know, something like uh, like a broken link checker or something like that. Just anything that is just persistently running in the background that you honestly don't really need to run. You know, there's always different ways of approaching a solution, but typically the ones that take up a lot of space are ones that are just consistently running. And sometimes you can just run it for a little bit, get your information and deactivate it. Um, get on with your life, you know, use the information that you get that you've gotten, but anything that just kind of lingers in the background and does stuff usually has the potential, you know, really slowing your site down. And how would I identify that? That's the tricky part, right? Um, oh, yeah. You know, sometimes it's just, you know, using, you know, kind of good sense kind of um, logic to look at and be like, okay, what is this thing trying to do? And how is it accomplishing it? Is it because it's just magic and it's just happening in the background or am I telling it to do something? And if it's, you know, logging a lot of redirects per se, like an, one, you know, prominent issue that we warn about in one of our help pages is, you know, some sites they have redirection plugins that log every time someone gets redirected, but they don't have the ability to only do it on kind of internal links. And so, you know, our ads are doing stuff in the background that sometimes do involve redirects or 404 errors. You know, it doesn't impact anything, it doesn't hurt anything, but each one of those is being logged and it'll log and it'll log and it'll log and it'll log. And it's just, it is too much. So that's another thing to keep an eye out for. If your redirection plugin, like as long as you have a way to kind of target specific kind of 404 errors or specific posts where you're wanting to monitor the redirection uh those are great but if it's just an all-encompassing you know plugin that just catches anything and everything that'll definitely slow things down for you awesome great feedback okay same with a uh, question to you lauren are there any perpetual offenders that you're seeing or things to look out for and those are really good ones, Jacob. I just want to say that because those are really hard ones to identify. So they they're are, like good yeah. ones to call out by name. I would say with us, like 
I don't see any as problematic. Google's being a little more forgiving with some types of features that we see a lot like sliders. Those plugins we try and recommend against. We try and say like, here's the compromise that you're making to have this sort of experience that you want for your users or this visual. Here's the impact it's going to have on speed. Usually it's not too big of an impact anymore. It used to be like it would crazy drag your scores down. Now that could be the one compromise you make on your site. Um, but like sliders is something, pop-ups. So a lot of like external scripts, like your your uh, convert kit, and I'm not saying to remove this, but your convert kit pop-up, like it uses a JavaScript call reference that is pulling that up. And you're usually gonna see that because it's an external script. So you don't have control over optimizing it. You're gonna see it in your PHP insights, your, your waterfall analysis, anything like that. Again, like it's not a huge impact. So the benefit I think outweighs the the impact that's there but that's the sort of stuff that we are generally rec regularly talking to clients about is like where do you want to make these compromises do you need like something similar to sliders is there's like the tabs there's like i see this a lot it goes up and down in trend but it's like there's like three tabs at the top and you can switch between recent posts in those like three categories that's based on javascript sliders or javascript pop-ups or javascript um Hotjar is something we see clients use a lot. It's JavaScript and like Hotjar is something I would definitely say only use it while you're using it. Don't just like let it run in the background forever. But anything JavaScript based, which like if you're pasting in code that ends with .js, that is JavaScript and it's going to have an impact on your site. And a lot of functionality is unfortunately JavaScript based. So if you can be plain, plain is cool. Plain Jane. Uh, okay, we uh, actually, in talking about sliders, which we're referencing a lot, I've, I've heard tell that potentially our WordPress framework Trellis might have that option to include some really righteous sliders that won't drag your site speed down. Jacob, is there anything you can share on that? Um, I actually haven't seen it in action. One of um, one of my teammates, uh, Matt uh, Howe, is really spearheading that charge and starting the onboarding process for the people in beta. But like with everything that Mediavine tries to solve, it is with page speed in mind. And particularly with this theme, it is it is the pride and joy of so many engineers in our company. And you know, we don't want to give people the most boring website in the world just to fulfill the promise of site speed. So some of these things that have always given people a headache in the past, that's kind of our goal. Recipe cards gave people a headache. Social share gave people a headache. Themes gave people a headache. And, you know, we're going to address it with a slider. We're trying to create a unicorn for you. So we know it's exactly. taking a while, but that's our goal. And then I also know that a lot of the things we're talking about that are causing some of the uh, page pieces with a with um, convert kit, I know that there are plans to develop in that way as well to um, to solve the uh, email equation. So mm -hmm. so that's happening too, just so, just so everyone knows. Okay, Amelia uh, said, if we have old Gleam widgets for giveaways, is it worth it to get rid of those? And should she stay away from Thrive Leads? Follow-up question on that is, can tons of comments on a blog post be slowing it down? Those are three questions. Yep. <laughs> so let's start with the first one, Gleam widgets for giveaways. Is it worth it to get rid of, yes or no? Lauren. Are those posts ranking? Like, does it matter? Do you want the page speed? I mean, yes, if you want your page speed to improve, those widgets are loading JavaScript that you don't necessarily need anymore because no one can enter those. But like, unless those posts are ranking, which might depend on where you tend to insert your giveaways, I'm not sure it'd, it'd be worth it or not. It, it will improve your score. May or may not be worth your time though. <laughs> Thrive leads, opinions on those? Uh, Thrive leads, uh, the only thing that's jumping out with to me with that is that um, this is this is a kind of a, a side point to make, but only because I only have I have ad performance on my mind. And we're about to get uh, into um, it like whoa. <laughs> no, no, it's more there's one particular Thrive Leads uh, option where it does an inline form, which basically places the form in the content. And what that will do is actually nest all of your content into an additional div, which can kind of essentially hide all of your content from our script. So our script will just see one big fat div and it won't see all of your content. So if you uh, run Thrive Leads and you're like, wait a second, why did my 
in-content scores suddenly fall off a cliff? Why am I only seeing one in-content ad now at the very, very bottom? That is because of that. Very fixable. We'll we'll make the adjustment, but if you then walk that back, you'd have to come back to us and we'd have to readjust it. Yeah, when it comes to whether you should remove it or not, I mean, sometimes you just have to take a hard look at it and figure out, are people actually using this? Is it, you know, greatly benefiting the goals from my site? And what is the kind of sacrifice that I'm making in terms of site speed? Disable it, see what your scores are, compare, contrast, and just make a value judgment. That's it's not the most glamorous answer, but a lot of it does come down to, you know, what makes the most sense for you. And we can't make that determination for you. We can just let no. you know what the options are and give you the data and and you you fly, fly from the nest with your data. Okay, then finally, I don't, whichever one of you wants to jump in with this one, but can tons of comments on a blog post be slowing it down? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you can go, you can address it if you oh, want. Okay. Yeah, it's just, um, I think the, the, the big concern with that is probably just how many database queries are going out and if it's well optimized. I mean, I don't know how much of an impact it would really have because I haven't really dug into that too much, but you know, there are ways to see, you know, how much uh, a given plugin or a given thing is sending out database queries. And if it's pretty extravagant, it can definitely uh, slow down your site. That's kind of um, uh, related to uh, related post plugins as well. Those can sometimes send out a lot of unnecessary queries and slow down your site in a way that you may not really anticipate. Because you look at a related post, and it's just three things. You look at comments, it's just plain text. Why would it be slowing things down? But depending on the implementation, it, it definitely could. Luke Ward is actually jumping in and saying that there is a great basic plugin for lazy loading comments. It's actually called aptly mm -hmm. Lazy Load for Comments by Joel James. They really spent a lot of time on that title. Um, but that is there's that. And then Rose, who is one of our publisher support, she said, if you have Gravatar enabled, more comments can slow things down more because of the images. Um, Jacob, will you talk about oh, Gravatar yeah. real quick? Oh, he just saved a groan. Tell us about Google Gravatar Grown you just let out. Oh no, no, I just I, I just remember what, what Gravatar does. I mean it's just, you know, it's adding a lot of unnecessariness, uh, basically. Extra. Uh, to the comments. Yeah, it's just it's just extra. It's one of those things that, you know, it feels like at a bell and a whistle, you know. Um, but really it just it's adding unnecessary bloat. So you definitely don't use Gravatar as plain text is great. People will still be engaged. They don't need to be, you know, represented by an icon or an avatar. You also can't really the see them. So I, it's not, you, yeah. you're squinting at those little tiny round picture. Like it's not, it's not necessary. No. Um, also, uh, Heather, our um, publishers, a director of publisher support just said, Trellis lazy loads comments. So just saying. Like I said, there's a solution. They've there's got a solution, a solution. for everything. Uh, so Lauren, what are the features of a, quote good plugin what if if you're if you're shopping for plugins or you need you know you have a need and you're going through the wordpress repository what are some of the things you should look at that earmark something that is could that we can't have every eventuality but giving us some general rules yeah generally you're looking for a plugin that's been updated recently i wouldn't say that's always the case but in most circumstances at least especially for functionality that's happening on your front end um, or something that's maybe more like trending. Um, you want something that's had an update recently. Recent updates, I'd say responsive support or like some indication that the person that's writing the plugin like cares about anyone else other than themselves um, because plenty of people write plugins that they need. And then if it doesn't work for other people, you're out of luck. Um, you don't want to be in that situation if you've heavily relied on a plugin. So you can, in the WordPress repository, you can look through like, there's a reviews tab and there's a support tab. Um, and there's just a lot of people giving feedback in there. And I'd say that's really, really representative of the current status of the plugin because people will definitely share their opinion in there. They won't be shy about that. And then personally, um, as a developer, I like to look for documentation on a plugin. I wouldn't say that it's like really a requirement, like you can have good plugins without documentation, but plugins with documentation. So there's a long description, there's images at the bottom, there's like question and answers. Um, you go to an external site and it's got a whole page on how to 
Um, they've got hooks and filters if you want to get a little nerdy, that sort of stuff. If you see that and they're writing it out, it generally means they've got a longer term plan or like a more like a stronger foundation that they're writing that plugin on when they're thinking about it at the beginning. So I would say those are something when I see I'm like, OK, this person's taken this seriously. This is um, higher on my list. You know, that's a developer thing. I get it. <laughs> uh, Jacob, anything to add to that? Yeah, this is a little more advanced. So if you want to dig into it, the opportunities there. If you're looking at a site, you can right click kind of in the margins of your site and view the page source, view the kind of raw, you know, uh, code on your site, the HTML and, and everything. And from there, you can see if a plugin is only applying scripts and loading things when it actually needs to. Um, one of the things uh, particular about uh, Create is that Create won't load its JavaScript or its CSS or anything. It won't reference it in the background. It won't even be loaded unless there's actually a card on the post or a list. You know, it's nice when plugins don't try to just apply itself everywhere unless it actually has to. Something a little more um, intelligent, you know, smart about how it uses itself. Love that. Great advice. Okay, we just shared, yeah, Jacob, get it. We just shared a great blog post that Lauren did for us about how to do a plugin self audit. It's a great post. It it gives you step by step what to look for, what to make notes of, how to diagram your thoughts and put it all on paper or however you want to do it, Google Doc, whatever, whatever floats your boat, but to put everything out so you can see it in black and white and really make a plan then of attack on how to get that plugin, get, get out the things that are just bloat on your site. Jacob, question for you. I know that there we, we already talked a little bit about how Thrive leads can play nasty with Mediavine, our, our, our ad script. What, do we have any other ones that are conflicts that can cause some, some, Trixie trouble on the back end of your site if you install? A, a great place to check is definitely our help pages, you know, conflicts. There's a particular, there's a MailChimp pop-up that causes issues, but it really all comes down to, there's also a rocket loader from Cloudflare that we've seen have issues in the past. Um, it's really just anything that promises to make things optimized or faster that affects JavaScript particularly as it relates to ad performance. You know, you also want to watch out for CSS as well. Uh, if like say your grow buttons are displaying weird or not clicking or doing things properly or create looks really messed up, it might be because either one or both the JavaScript and CSS are getting optimized. So really just keep an eye out for anything that promises that and if it doesn't offer an option or a common sense option or an easy option to kind of exclude specific things from it, then try a different one. There's a lot of different options out there. Uh, some of them are great, some of them are less great, but really you just want something that is that you have a lot of control over and that you have a lot of insight into. Even if you don't have direct control over it, shoot us an email, we'll take a look for you. Always, they're honest. Yeah. They're painfully honest. They're going to tell you. They're going to tell you what's up. Yeah. Uh, so, outside of plugins, what are some? And this, this is unfortunately, you guys. And I know I was gone for like probably sixty seconds, the longest sixty seconds of my entire day, <laughs> and maybe my week when I. But and I apologize. So you guys handled it though. You're amazing. For our last question. Uh, I wanted to have you guys talk about some areas outside of plugins on the page speed that we've already talked about that people can focus on if they are committed right now to to spending some time cleaning up their site and improving in the speed and um, the weight of it. Um, like I said before, images are my first go-to. Um, after that, it's probably any sort of script or embed that you've got either site-wide or on a post-by-post -post basis. So someone mentioned Gleam, but there's a lot of other plugins that get added into your posts like Reward Style or Pinterest, or there used to be like the fancy tweet little call out and stuff like that. Um, any of those things that you don't need anymore, uh, especially if they're site-wide, like header side bar footer, removing those would be my next big go-to, I'd say. Fantastic. Same for you, Jacob. Is there anything people can do not only to reduce the weight of their site or speed themselves up, but earn more? In terms of speed, you know, like Lauren said, you know, 
like not too long ago, we we dealt with the side where they had just a simple kind of Amazon tracking script hanging out in one of their widgets, and this was causing everything to load very, 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 very slowly. And sometimes it's working great, sometimes it's not. That day wasn't working great. So uh, sometimes you just have to be aware of whatever script you're putting on your site that isn't coming specifically from a plugin. Not not like Google Analytics or anything like that, but you know, just anything that you're, you know, throwing into your sidebar, into your footer. But also, you know, see if see how well your theme is performing. You know, switch to 2019, uh, the, the 2019 theme in WordPress and see how much of a difference it makes just by switching the theme. You know, all the plugins stay the same, but the theme changes. Is there a dramatic difference? Sometimes there definitely is. Um, and also, um, you know, talk to your host about what their caching options are. Um, if it can inter- integrate with your WordPress admin, fantastic. So you don't have to keep calling them. Uh, just see what your options are because um, you don't want to put four caching plugins on your site because it won't make your site quicker, I promise. Um, <laughs> just in general, you know, any kind of uh, duplicate functionality, it won't make it X times better. Um, so just be a little judicious, pick which works best, you know, and then, you know, look for another avenue to pursue to, to make things a little faster. And all of these things will help because people will stay on your site and they'll see ads and they're going to keep coming back and Google will love you and everything will be awesome. Uh, at least the, the last thing on my mind, at least when it comes to page speed, turn on uh, desktop page speed optimization in your Mediavine dashboard and just if you don't see both of your sidebar ads after you do that, just email us uh, and we'll be able to either help get the ads retargeted so that they display properly or we'll advise you on what to do. Basically, the end goal, especially with that setting turned on, is to have all of your have enough space so that all of your sidebar widgets will load and then there's at least one widget fully out of view. Uh, under the page, under the the initial view, you know, when you load the page. And if you do that, then we can put both ads underneath there and you'll get better desktop page speed and you'll, you won't sacrifice any revenue. So all of those things to be said, email Jacob at publishers at mediavine.com <laughs> if you have questions yeah. on any of the amazing things that you just heard and we are here to help. Also, Lauren is available at once coupled if you need a little more personalized attention. And I mean, let's be real, who doesn't? You can reach out to her as well. Uh, guys, you've been amazing. I so appreciate you being here and everybody at home. Thank you for joining us. If you're joining us on the replay, howdy, how's it going? Hope you're having a great day. Everybody stay safe out there and we will see you in two weeks weeks. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine On Air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening. Thank you.